In this installation of Valid with Alan, we are taking a slight departure from what we usually talk about, things like politics, things that are in the news, and turning to a more, let's say, fun topic. Today we're going to be discussing basketball, and I am a huge NBA fan, and because of this, I think that right now is probably the best time to talk about what is going on in the NBA, since the NBA Finals just wrapped up last week, and we had the Milwaukee Bucks surprise us all and prove to us that Giannis is actually the real deal. Now, we're going to be doing a recap of the 2020-2021 NBA season and playoffs, and then we're going to step into a little bit of trade rumors and get a little bit more interesting. Welcome, once again, to Valve with Alan. Now, the, the biggest change, really, that happened in the 20 to 2021 season is that, well, we got out of the bubble, which is a very good thing, because finally we were able to have stands back, uh, excuse me, fans back into the stands. Uh, and now it just seems like the teams, that the, the people that truly love their teams can start to cheer for their teams once again. Another big change that really should be noted here within the 20 to 21, uh, 2020 to 21 season is the play-in tournament. Now, I have really strong feelings about the play-in tournament. I really don't like them. I really don't like the play-in tournament because when it comes to the players and having to play through this, once they already have a specific seed coming out of the regular season, then they should just go into the playoffs knowing that they are worthy of a playoff spot. Now let's take LeBron James for example. LeBron James did not expect whatsoever that the 20-21 to 21 NBA season was going to go the way it did for the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron in the beginning of the season believed that the play-in tournament was a brilliant idea. Quote, uh, and this quote from LeBron James via Yahoo Sports, LeBron says that one thing you can't just do is go straight to the playoffs because it discredits the 60 plus games that guys had fighting for that position. You got Portland, you got Memphis, New Orleans, and Sacramento tinkering around there. So if there's 5 or 10 games left, why not those guys battle it out? Make them play each other all 5 games. Now, LeBron initially loved this idea of the play-in tournament, and fans usually agreed. Fans thought, yes, this play-in tournament might give these bottom feeder teams a chance for the playoffs. But it's not fair because once your team makes it to the, um, gets a specific seed, the 7th and 8th seed that has to compete in the play-on tournament, knows that they're worthy of a playoff spot. Now, later in the season, LeBron James found himself in the play-in tournament, and then his opinions changed. And this is because he's a part of the Los Angeles Lakers, and he really did not want to be in the play-in tournament, because he knew that his team was worthy of a playoff spot. Now, because LeBron's team was in, uh, was in this play-in tournament, LeBron said that, quote, whoever came up with that expletive needs to be fired. And this is according to USA Today Sports. Now, LeBron did flip-flop on this position. There, there's no denying that. But he did that for good reason. And I think he did that for good reason because it just showed how idiotic this whole idea of a sports uh, play-in tournament into the playoffs is. Now, I really don't like it because I gotta admit, I am a Warriors fan and my team was in this play-in tournament. But when your team is already in it for the playoffs, they're in it to win it. They are dedicated. But when it comes to this playing tournament, they still have a few more games to go, and they can't mess up. Now, I think that's enough talking about this stupid playing tournament. You guys know how I feel about it, and that's just how I feel. You can disagree, agree, 
it's not really up to me to convince you, but those are just my opinions, and if you do agree, well, that's good for you. Now let's move on to the NBA playoffs. I'm going to be talking about a few of the rounds in the NBA playoffs, the ones that I found especially amazing to watch. So first, I want to talk about the New York Knicks. Congrats to them to finally making the playoffs once again and making the games at Madison Square Garden fun to watch once again. Now sure, the New York Knicks did not win the series against the Atlanta Hawks, but it was still amazing to see the Knicks in the playoffs, so that's just great for them. Another round I'd like to talk about is the Bucks and the Heat. So what happened last year in order uh, for the Heat to advance into the Eastern Conference Finals, the Heat had to beat the Bucks, and the Bucks were the major favorites going into the series. But what ended up happening is that Jimmy Butler basically turned into a demigod and kind of got through the Bucks pretty easily. Now, the Bucks really flipped the script on this one as they swept through the entire Miami Heat, through that entire series, and into the second round of the Eastern Conference. Now, those were really the major stories happening at the Eastern Conference on those times. The other series that happened was the 76ers versus the Washington Wizards, which the Sixers won uh, 4-1. And then there was a series with the Celtics and the Nets, where the Celtics were able to steal one game away from the Nets, but ultimately the Nets came victorious because they have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. Now, let's talk about the Western Conference. The Western Conference had a lot of amazing rounds and series to watch. The first round we had the Jazz and the Grizzlies. The Jazz took care of their business against the Grizzlies and were able to move on to the second round. Next, we had the Clippers and the Mavericks, which was absolutely amazing to watch because we could, in that series, we saw how effective Luka Doncic could be. And this was especially against stars like uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. And this was a team, the, this Clippers team is, is generally feared in the West. They've never been able to make it super far, but just because they have Kawhi and Paul George together, the, uh, the Clippers were able to come back from a 2-0 lead that the Dallas Mavericks had. Mavs blew a 2-0 lead to the Clippers, and the Clippers won in Game 7 to move on to the second round. Next, we had Portland and the Nuggets, where the, Port, uh, where, excuse me, where the Denver Nuggets took care of their business against the Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard had an amazing series, but it wasn't enough to get past the MVP, Nikola Jokic. And then we had the Suns and the Lakers. Now, this one was really a surprise. And I say it's surprising because you always expect LeBron James to make it out of the first round, which did not happen this year. And that is the first time in his 17-year career that that has ever happened. And that just shows how effective and a monster LeBron is on the NBA court. Now, the Suns did beat the Lakers, which was really surprising. Uh, but we have to take into account how LeBron James was coming off an injury at the time. He was definitely not 100% that series. And then Anthony Davis went down with an injury of his own within that series. So basically, you had half of a LeBron James and zero of an Anthony Davis against Chris Paul and Devin Booker and, of course, DeAndre Jordan, who were able to go all the way to the NBA Finals this year. So next, we have the second round of the Western Conference Finals. We had the Utah Jazz and the LA Clippers. Now, again... The Clippers were able to come back being down 2-0 to the Utah Jazz. That is something amazing. That the, What the Clippers this year was remarkable. The only thing that was holding them back this year 
from making the finals, in my opinion, was the Kawhi Leonard partially tearing his ACL. Now, this was really terrible to watch because the Clippers were on a roll. And I truly believe that they had the capability to beat the Phoenix Suns and make it to the NBA Finals for the first time in their franchise history. But that didn't happen because, as I said before, Kawhi Leonard went down with an injury and wasn't able to return, which was upsetting. But the Phoenix Suns made it into the NBA Finals that year uh, or this year. Next, we had, in the second round, the Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. Of course, the Suns were able to sweep the MVP-led Denver Nuggets. Now, the issue with this one is that the Nuggets didn't have Jamal Murray. Now, this was another chance for a team to beat the Phoenix Suns and prevent them from going into the NBA Finals, but they couldn't because Jamal Murray was out with a complete ACL tear. That's what led to the Western Conference Finals, where the Suns ultimately beat the LA Clippers. Now I think it's time to go back to the Eastern Conference because there's a series that I really want to talk about and it is probably the best series I saw all this year. This was the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets and oh my gosh this was a monster of a series and a monster of a performance by Kevin Durant and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now when I was watching the game 7 of the series and yes this series went to game 7 I thought that Giannis didn't have the star power to actually pull this off. I didn't think he had the jumper, uh, and I was one of those guys that were proven wrong this year. I didn't think that Giannis was an all-around star. Because he didn't have a jumper, he can't create his own shot. But what he proved this year is that he doesn't have to create his own shot. What he proved was that he is so good, he's so dom dominant, that he can go to the rim at any point of the game and just score. That's literally all he does, and as effectively as Kevin Durant could. But what, Kev what separates Kevin Durant from a guy like Giannis is that he has an unstoppable jumper, which is what Giannis is one step away from to being on Kevin Durant's level. All he is lacking is a jumper. But as I said before, I was proven wrong in this series. The Brooklyn Nets actually lost to the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 7, as that Game 7 went to overtime. So, what I really think about the series is that the Nets shouldn't really be upset, but, I, I mean, they did have James Harden at the same time, but what actually ended up happening was that in the, in early, in the early stages of this round, we had James Harden getting injured and just walking off the court. And then we had Kyrie Irving who got injured in the round as well and just couldn't play for the rest of the series. Now with half of a James Harden in the last like three games of this series, a full 100% uh, Kevin Durant and no Kyrie Irving versus the monster of a season Giannis had this year, it wasn't enough to cut it. Now the Nets, as I said before, shouldn't be upset because next year they're going to have their monster of a big three, Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden against literally everyone else and they're probably the favorites to win it next year if the Lakers don't do anything or if the Golden State Warriors don't do anything in the offseason which I'll be getting to later but first let's talk about the 76ers and the Atlanta Hawks Ben Simmons I, I mean he gets hate Ben Simmons will get hate for probably the rest of his career if he doesn't try to get a jumper now Ben Simmons really needs to work hard on, you know, trying to become better because he hasn't really approved since his freshman year as an NBA player, since his rookie year. He hasn't seen any improvement and that is why 
the 76ers surprisingly lost to Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks this year. Now, the Sixers should not have lost the series. The Western, the Eastern Conference Finals, excuse me, should have been the Bucks versus the 76ers, but the Hawks were able to flip the script. And what they did is use Ben Simmons' flaws to their advantage and score enough points to beat the 76ers, essentially. Now, Ben Simmons really does need help, and he's not a good fit with the 76ers team. And I did think this a few years back. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid don't really make that much of a great duo. They weren't going to go anywhere. So what Ben Simmons either has to do is stay in the is stay in Philadelphia and develop a jumper, develop new ways to get to the hoop and score, or he's going to be traded away by the Philadelphia 76ers, which I think is the best step for Philly to do, and get a fresh start somewhere else. Um, now, I don't know where he should be traded. I don't really think there is an amazing fit for him anywhere else. Uh, he needs to be surrounded by shooters, which is which really isn't something the Sixers haven't been able to do. Their best shooter is probably Seth Curry, and other than that, there isn't maybe maybe Tobias Harris, but he hasn't been able to punctuate on his passing either. What he has been able to punctuate, however, is defense, and any team that is lacking in defense could use a Ben Simmons. I could see that happening. Now, the next round I really want to talk about is, of course, the Eastern Conference Finals, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, in the beginning of the season, or even during the season, I didn't even know that the Hawks were silently picking up speed and going to make it to the playoffs. I thought they were kind of, you know, just, just really not talked about that much. But here they are in the Eastern Conference Finals, led by a very young Trey Young, who, <laughs> who has been able to prove that he is extremely efficient, effective, and dominant on the basketball court. Now, he's not dominant enough as Giannis, of course, as the Milwaukee Bucks were able to beat the Atlanta Hawks and make it to the NBA Finals. Now, we have the Finals matchups here. We have the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, going into this series, I really thought the Suns were going to win it, and I caught myself cheering for them at some points. The Suns opened up with a 2-0 lead against the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm not sure how the Suns really blew it. They lost four straight. They had to lose four straight from that point to lose the NBA championship, which is what ended up happening. I have no idea how something like this could actually happen to a, Sun, to a Suns team that have a young stud in Devin Booker, an amazing center in DeAndre Jordan, and one of the greatest point guards of all time, Chris Paul. I thought the will of Chris Paul alone was just going to be enough to carry them to win this championship, but that just didn't end up happening, and the Giannis-led Milwaukee Bucks were able to win the NBA championship, and Giannis was declared finals MVP. Now that was something incredible to watch, because Giannis proved to me, and many fans around the world, that you don't really need a jumper to win an NBA title. You don't need to join a super team to win an NBA title. What you do is you get drafted, you go on your team, and what ends up happening, you stay and you stick with them until you win a ring. Of course, he did it with the help of Chris Middleton, because without Chris Middleton, I kind of feel like the Bucks would fall apart. Because Chris Middleton is the only guy there that can really create his own shot, except for Drew Holiday, but he's not as effective and efficient. 
as Chris Middleton is at doing that. Chris Middleton has basically a KD style game. He's not, of course, as great as KD, but their styles are very similar. They both drive to the hoop when they need to, and they both create their own jumper when they need to. Chris Middleton obviously scores less when doing it, but it should be noted that their games are very similar. Now, that's all I had for the NBA playoff recap, and now I really want to move into the really serious and interesting topic of these NBA trade rumors. Now, the trade rumors are very exciting to hear because when one of your team is centered in one of it, you're like, oh my gosh, we can really get uh, a really nice star player to go along with our other star players and maybe get into championship contention once more. But nothing is really a fact until a rumor is turned into one. So let's look at all these trade rumors we have as of right now. So first we have the Damian Lillard trade rumor. Damian Lillard reportedly is going to ask for a trade. Now, these are from sources. We don't know if they are reputable. We don't know if we can actually believe these things because Damian Lillard has been so loyal to the Portland Trailblazers fan base. But what's going to end up happening reportedly is that there are several teams that are interested and linked to Damian Lillard and Damian Lillard is, might be, interested in leaving the Portland Trailblazers because of their inability to build a championship caliber team alongside the superstar that they have in Portland. So there are several teams that are linked to the Damian Lillard trade. These are including my team, the Golden State Warriors, and the LA Lakers, the Philadelphia 76ers, New York Knicks, and the Miami Heat. These are among a handful of teams that are interested in Damian Lillard, and they are interested in pursuing him for a trade. Now, it's going to be pretty obvious what the Sixers are going to do in order to get Damian Lillard. They're going to be getting rid of Ben Simmons, as well as several other probably draft picks and maybe another set of role players so Damian Lillard can come and play alongside Joel Embiid. Now this is a duo that I could think that can work. Damian Lillard and Joel Embiid both are NBA MVP caliber players and if you put those two together you might see a Western Conference appearance once more from the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I'm not going to say for certain if I can see the Sixers getting into the finals because we're talking about a conference with Kyrie, with a team that has Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant on the same team. So, another team is the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks are interested in Damian Lillard because they want to get past, of course, the first round of the NBA playoffs, and there are a number of things that they can do. Next are the Miami Heat. So what I could imagine happening is that Miami might have to trade either their young core of Duncan Robinson and um, Tyler Hero, or they might have to give up one of their star players like Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, because Damian Lillard is the real deal. He is an amazing player that has amazing capability, and I could see him fitting in Miami. Because don't forget that um, Victor Oladipo is also in Miami, and probably he can be used as a trade pawn when it comes to this certain trade. Now, the LA Lakers can do a numerous amount of things. Of course, the Lakers might want to get rid of Kyle Kuzma. He hasn't been able to develop since his rookie year as well. Same thing with Ben Simmons. There's just a lack of development and a terrible knack of losing the ball, turnovers, and a lot of missed shots, which might be easy for other players, but not necessarily for 
Kyle Kuzma. So the LA Lakers would look to get rid of him, as well as Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and maybe a few other role players, in order to acquire Damian Lillard. Now, that would be a really exciting LA Laker team, because you have a team with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, and don't forget, Andre Drummond is going to be playing center there as well. So you're going to have an amazing star-studded team in LA that has the possibility of making it out of the Western Conference and into the NBA Finals if all of them are healthy. Now, the last I wanted to talk about was, of course, my team, the Golden State Warriors. Now, we have Steph Curry. We have Klay Thompson. You know what's cooking in Golden State. Klay Thompson is coming off of a two-year-long injury because, first, he tore his ACL in the NBA Finals. And what I strongly believe in that 2019 NBA Finals against the Raptors, if he had not torn his ACL, what would have happened is that Game 6 would have gone to Golden State. And it's a Game 7 in Toronto. Game 7 is always a coin flip, but the Warriors have that experience to win those type of games. But anyway, that's beside the fact that we have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and adding Damian Lillard to that already spicy duo of the Splash Brothers, we can do some damage and we would be in championship contention as well. The Warriors would have to give up Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman as well as their two first round picks this year in order to acquire Damian Lillard. I believe that this is a good move. Because I'm not worried about the future. While our MVP Stephen Curry is still in his prime, we have to take advantage of it. And if we start building for the future, we won't be in championship contention again for the rest of his career. Which is not something I really want to see, even though we did get three rings with him. I still want to see the Warriors back into championship contention before Stephen Curry retires. So, that is all of the Damian Lillard news. There are also a few rumors regarding Bradley Beal coming to Golden State. And what is also reportedly reported is that the Warriors, uh, and, the, and by the Warriors I mean Steph Curry and Clay are actually pushing the front office in Golden State to make a big move because they want to win. So if we have your two main players, Steph Curry and Clay, the Splash Brothers, the legendary duo, the greatest backcourt in NBA history, asking you to make a move, you better make a move. And the target, if Dame doesn't want to go to Golden State, the target should be Bradley Beal. Because, let's face it, although the Washington Wizards have a beast in Russell Westbrook and an amazing scorer in Bradley Beal, they aren't going anywhere because they are not a good fit together. Their team chemistry is completely messed up and they barely made it into a playoffs. So what I see in the Washington Wizards here is that they are a completely dysfunctional team. There's a dysfunctional, there's a dysfunctional team in Washington and it should be fixed. Now that is a situation where you do want to build for the future even though you have two stars as opposed to what's happening in Golden State where you have a, a, a a mildly functional team because they have the capability to just you know make the playoffs in Steph Curry because Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook they don't necessarily have to be Washington Wizard franchise players I could see Russell Westbrook leaving the Wizards any day I don't think he's a good fit there when you look at the Warriors Steph Curry essentially has to stay in Golden State because that's his team that's the team he's won with but Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook don't necessarily hold that obligation and that is why I think they should be used as trade 
pieces for the Wizards, and those are amazing pieces. For Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, you can get some amazing players. And I'm not saying you trade them as a group, you trade them separately. You could get really good players, and if there are teams that think that Russell Westbrook is a good fit for them, uh, someone like the Lakers, uh, Russell Westbrook could fit in with LA, uh, as well as many other teams. There is a huge chance for the Wizards to make big changes to their roster and that is a chance that they should basically take and that is why the Warriors really shouldn't build for the future there's a complete difference between the two teams the Warriors also have Klay Thompson coming back we shouldn't forget that and they shouldn't be traded away because they have history with that franchise it's different for the Wizards and the Warriors and that is why it does make sense to basically shoot for Bradley Beal for the Warriors if we want to win now which is which I think is on the mind on uh, of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. It does definitely seem like they want to win now. There are also many other rumors regarding the LA Lakers. There have been uh, reports coming out that there is some interest from Kyle uh, from Kyle Lowry. <laughs> I almost said Kyle Kuzma there, but there is also a little bit of interest coming out of Kyle Lowry to play for LA, and as well as Demar Derozan. So if we have Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan and their teams trading. Uh, trading them away for some players from LA, I could see some serious damage done by the LA Lakers because of this move. Now, what I'm also what I also would be happy about as an NBA fan is basically the the reunite, uh, <laughs> watching Kyle Kuzma and excuse me Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan reunite on the same team. I think that would be pretty fun to watch. But then again, I just feel like all these new super teams coming out are a little unnatural to watch. Now, before you call me super hypocritical for saying I don't like really uh, synthesized super teams, you're going to say, right, Alan, um, didn't you just say you're a Warriors fan, which means you loved Kevin Durant coming over to your own team? Yes, I really enjoyed those years with Kevin Durant, but here's what I have to say to that. The Warriors were basically a perfectly constructed team by the front office in Golden State. What you had was Steph Curry being drafted, Draymond Green being drafted, Klay Thompson being drafted, and then after that, after we won those chips with them, or, or the championship with them, then we had a star like Kevin Durant come over. And that is basically one player that made it seem like it was a super team. But that's just, again, one player. It's not something like the Brooklyn Nets that basically drafted no one on that team. And somehow has Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan on that team. It's it's obviously very different. Um, and that's why I really don't like super teams. The, the Lakers would basically just become the Nets and the team to beat again. And the Lakers, as I just pointed out, they're not very much of a front office constructed team. LeBron James came into L.A. Anthony Davis came into L.A. Andre Drummond went to L.A. And then now if we have another star coming in, that's basically four all-star caliber players just wanting to go to LA and making it. So those are basically the biggest trade rumors going on in the NBA, biggest movements that might happen. There are also some questions regarding Kawhi Leonard if he wants to re-sign with the LA Clippers or they want to break it up. But there's not much information on that just yet. And that's it. That's a wrap. That's how we're going to finish off this episode avowed with Alan. I really hope you guys all enjoyed and probably learned something new from this NBA 2020 to 2021 season recap, as well as the new trade rumors that are currently developing as we speak. Very, very exciting stuff.
I really hope we can do something like this again in the future. I'm looking to diversify this podcast. I know I talk about economy, politics, things that are in the news, but I am really looking to talking about more new things, inspiring stories, my interests like the NBA, like we just did. But maybe that's a conversation for another day. I will see you all again very soon, and just have a great time out there. Goodbye.